what's up what's up everybody welcome into another episode of the o johnson podcast where i am your host orlando j thank you guys so much for joining into another episode of the o johnson podcast where we talk about all things spirituality masculinity femininity you name it culture we get into it we're all about inspiring people to a healthy state of being and a healthy state of mind we're all about crossing cultures and allowing people to just talk about their experiences regardless of what side of the planet they're on which actually brings me into my special guest for today i am super super excited about having this brother on the show um I actually met him on Facebook through a man's group that I'm a part of for, you know, just healing the the, the mental state of the man. Um, it's truly a great group. Uh, it's just called Men's Group. Uh, you can look it up. It's pretty nice. And there's a couple different types of groups out there. So if you're a man and you're looking to get plugged into other men and just hear how they think um, and you want to know uh, just if your frame of mind is connected to other men just to see if they're going through the same processes as you definitely get plugged into some men's group man i think it's i think it's healthy and i think it's necessary and everyone should be plugged in in some way shape form or fashion whether it's for spiritual reasons or whether it's just for natural reasons you need to get plugged in right you can't just look in the mirror and always vent to yourself about yourself about your issues you need to be able to just talk to some people maybe some strangers you don't know because you never know what they may be going through and if even if you know what they're going through connects to what you're going through and it's okay to do that you're not soft if you do that for some reason we men think that we're soft if we decide we want to share our experiences with other brothers so anyways guys i have a special guest in the building and I'm going to let him talk all about himself and everything that he does because it's going to be awesome. And I'm super, super excited about it. I cannot wait to get into this uh, with the one and only brother, Martin. How you doing today, man? Welcome into the show. My honor to be here, man. It's uh, really exciting. I really resonated with your intro, man. That was awesome. Awesome, man. Thank you so, so yeah. much. <laughs> Yeah. Well, man, thank you again for choosing to come on the show and just take, you know, at least 30 minutes of your time to just speak to me, um, another guy. And you're in Barcelona, Spain, correct? Absolutely, man. So I'm actually from a tiny central Eastern European country called Hungary, which not too many people know about. I'm from the most of the popular big destination like Spain. But I've lived here. I mean, I've, I've been living around the world in different countries for the past 10 years and i've been living in spain for the past four and a half uh, i'm based in barcelona and uh, this is where i i operate out of it's my little hub uh, as a masculinity coach i'm on a mission to help guys lead in their love and life with purpose and uh, what really brought me on this journey is my own experience with exactly what you mentioned the mental state of the everyday man nowadays the amount of expectations and pressure and uh, just toxicity that we can face with all the stigma that comes with even just the word masculinity. So I'm so, so glad that you brought up right off the bat. Wow, man, that is a beautiful, beautiful thing, you know, because a lot of times the way, especially here in America, right, we've been taught that, you know, big boys don't cry. 
you know, real men suck it up and we do it and we get it over with. Right. As a result of that, you know, here in the Amer- in the American culture, I wouldn't just say black culture because we're going to get into the, the cultural differences and stuff like that pretty soon. But uh, within the American culture itself, what you have is, you know, women looking at men as noncommittal, um, not emotionally intelligent, uh, kind of stoic, uh, you know, yeah. they, they're cheaters, they're liars. So we have all of these different kind of things that are said about uh, the American men here on the American soil. I'm not sure what it's like for you over there in Barcelona, if you want to talk about that a little bit, or from where your home country, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, man, absolutely. Very happy to. So, Actually, one of my earliest memories of what masculine identity meant in my cultural context, from the time when I was like 13 years old, maybe, and this was back in Hungary still, and it was when I put on a pair of really skinny jeans for the first time, mm. and I grew my hair up. What was that? That's just what was trendy at that point, right. you know. And so I wanted. To I wanted to appeal to all the 13, 14 year old girls and I wanted to feel good about myself. So that's what I did. And wow. my father, who's actually an amazing, very respectable, uh, very understanding guy, usually, um, when he saw that for the first time, he completely flipped. You know? <laughs> he, he said, where, where, where are you going in pants like that? Who, you, who do you think you are? You're not supposed to dress like that. Sounds like all fathers here in American Saw. <laughs> So it's not very, it's not very different, you know. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying this to bad mouth my dad. He's a great, great guy, but uh, you know, obviously, he comes from a certain cultural context. He was raised a certain way, and usually, parents' uh, first concern is your child's safety, make mm-hmm. sure that he's not uh, looked down upon by others. He doesn't get any trouble. People don't start like fights with him or her on the street. So you want to make sure that he or she fits in, right? Right. And so that was kind of hammered into my head from a very, very young age that if you want to be a real man, you're supposed to dress a certain way, you're supposed to act a certain way, and there are certain feminine, quote unquote, characteristics that you are simply not supposed to have. Like you said, you are not meant to cry, you are not meant to share your emotions, you're meant to be very stoic, and you're meant to just take care of your business, and, and that's that. And uh, also what's very uh, similar, I think, between American and Eastern European culture, where I originally come from, is materialism, right? Uh, so the real man, that's right? A that's a good one. We got to unpack that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, I remember when I was, when I was 18 and uh, I was graduating high school and I had to pick a, a graduation gift. Right? My mom was like, I want to surprise you. I want to celebrate that you graduated. And I was like, cool, cool. Went to the mall and I wanted to pick out the biggest watch that I could find. Just the biggest one. And I remember it clearly because I was thinking, well, people need to see this watch on my wrist. They need to know I'm the man. I spent money on this. Right. This right here is the sign that I am a real man. Right. And so that pattern, that pattern has been there, you know, not only in, not only where you're from, but I mean where I'm from. And uh, yeah, well, when it comes to Spain, one of the reasons that I moved here to Barcelona, especially because Barcelona is one of the most like open-minded uh, parts of this country, or maybe one of the most open-minded parts of Europe in general, is simply because 
of course, this sort of narrative is still present in some parts of society. Obviously, there's like a very big spectrum of people out here with different approaches to life. But really, in general, it's much more laid back on that. No one's going to look at you weird if you don't have a really nice watch or if you don't pull up in the newest car or if you don't you don't give your girl the, the newest uh, Louis bag or whatever. Like All of those things are a little bit more laid back. But when it comes to where I'm from and the context I was raised in, that's, that's exactly how masculinity was, was represented. Wow, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because the way the way america has taught us how to define the success of a man is based on the monetary value possessions that he carry not the content of the of the content of the character of the man's heart uh but uh the way by which he uh accumulates wealth a lot of what we what we go through in society today is based on how wealthy the man appears to look. So I've done a lot of research and, you know, my podcast right now is mainly focused on manhood and relationships. Eventually, I'll get into spirituality a little bit later because I have a series coming out on that. But what I've learned is within the dating culture, you have these different aspects of 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 how people view um, men and women, right? So you have this thing called the high value man, which this man makes uh, uh, six figures, which it can be 100, 100 plus thousand a year. And you have the high value woman who fits in that same category. Then you have the red pill man, the man who's mostly focused on knowledge of self. You have the blue pill man who's mostly just looking at society as what it is. He's more just freelancing and just go. Then you have the simp or the purple pill man, which is just a person who just doesn't really care. So you have all these different categories, right, that I've been able to find just on this topic alone. Um, and one of the things that I dislike is that we've taken uh, the the value of a man and base it on his monetary gain. Now, I'm, I do believe that if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. I think a man should try to apply himself to create some sort of revenue. Um, but to me, it shouldn't be the end all be all. Now, within the American culture, there are sects of people who define the man based on how he carries himself. You will know them by their fruit, right? So if a man carries himself in a in a healthy manner, um, he's balanced within his home and the way he lives. Sometimes people can spot that and see potential and say, you know i like that or vice versa for the woman depending on what your mindset is right because some people still in the woman shouldn't work and she should just take care of the home but um could you speak on that a little bit what within where you came from because i want to actually because i have a lot of questions i want to ask you based on what you do um and one of the main things i want to get get you to speak on is what got you into wanting to help men um, navigate their understanding of masculinity? Like, what got you into that? And then we'll segue into the other com components. Sure. Okay, well, I can just start with that, and that will sort of touch upon the, the things that you mentioned previously, too. Okay, awesome. So, yeah. So, what got me into this work was really my own personal struggle and the amount of pain and adversity that I had to face just on the path of realizing what manhood truly meant for me, for myself. Mm -hmm. Coming from that culture that I explained and also coming from uh, a broken family, both of my parents uh, I'm on really good terms with at this moment in time, but they are separated and I spent my childhood uh, alone most of the time. Mom was busy working, 
dad was busy working, living in a different place. And so that sort of healthy environment that you think of when it comes to raising a child, obviously it could have been much, much worse. And I know that there are people out there had it much worse than me in that aspect, but still it was really not completely ideal when it comes to uh, wanting to have or needing to have an example of healthy masculine feminine dynamics in your life. Of course, as a child, the first thing that you look to when you want to realize what is a man like, what is a woman like, you look to your parents, right? You look to their relationship. And there's, it's, it's no mistake that there's no coincidence that when babies are growing up and they look at any man, they'll say, Papa, Papa. Right? <laughs> they look at anyone like, oh, Mama, Mama. And you're like, that's not Mama. That's, that's Tracy. That's not Mama or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. That happens. Because in our, in our um, young brains, it's just like man, woman. We're looking for the examples. And so coming from an environment where those examples weren't very much there, I was very, very deeply influenced by these cultural factors, right? The materialism, this sort of non-emotional, tough, badass guy. I really wanted to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger, the bodybuilder and the Terminator at the same time. I really wanted to be like Sylvester Stallone. I really wanted to be like all those guys that you would see in the Hollywood movies, you know? And so whenever I discovered parts of myself on that journey that were not like that, that were much more emotional, that were seeking a safe space to express and create, all of those things were automatically suppressed. And really long story short, the way that it, that manifested it itself in my adolescence was when uh, I just finished university, when for the first time I was uh, an adult with a capital A, right? <laughs> in my university. And I was like, I'm going to go out there in the world and I'm going to, I'm going to create a life. Now. I'm going to create the life I've always wanted. And I started uh, a new job, a new internship here in Barcelona, Spain, working in marketing. And I, I really start focusing on my health, and by my health, I mean getting jacked, becoming like a bodybuilder, Ego, you know, masking baby. all of my. <laughs> oh, I am a big, strong man, big muscle, me right. alpha male. That... <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, hey, yeah, you know, like that energy has its own place and time to be used. Like we all have that sort of penetrating warrior energy there's nothing wrong with that but i was just living with that as a mask i was like yeah. i need to make it here in in marketing or sales which i have a degree and i was like i need to make it in this industry i need to climb to the top i need to get super jagged i need to have pristine game with women i need to have, know all the cool pickup lines and all the little strategies i can do to seduce women i was really in that mindset i was not surrendering to my life and mission and aligning myself with my first person simply letting it flow i was really just trying to put together this intricate mask that will somehow protect my insecurities of deep down knowing that i am not that man from the movie screen mm. i am not an author stereotype right right and so as i was doing that I've come across uh, an absolutely stunning woman. I've come across a girl that I would only describe at that, that time as my ideal woman, right? And so uh, I pursued her and we quickly got into a relationship. And it was really like living that dream, you know? I felt like, yes, I am the man. I'm doing it. I got the woman. <laughs> I got the child. 
I'm, you know, I wake up early in the morning and I bust out my push-ups and yeah, I got this, right? So I was really, really on that. We got a nice apartment by the beach. We very quickly started getting very close, spent summers and Christmases with each other's family. So we're extremely close. But, and you told me this earlier in the podcast about family, about children. I think this is true about your partner also. They're like your mirror. And they immediately start showing you your insecurities or that part of yourself that you were not facing before. Right. So everything that I had behind this macho mask and, you know, I was like killing it at work. I was, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a martial artist. So I was like really good at that. I was getting a lot of mass with my fitness. I was, you know, on the surface, I was like really, really good. But then this relationship quickly became so toxic just through all of my hidden insecurities and my partner's hidden insecurities coming through. And suddenly what I thought was going to be my dream relationship with my dream partner mm-hmm. became you textbook codependent toxic relationship. Wow. Where, where she would get mad at me for saying hi to the cashier or making eye contact with any other woman where I would get mad at her for talking to someone at work that I know uh, finds her attractive as well. Things like that. You know, this very, very typical toxic relationship things where I never thought that I would be in a relationship that is more of a burden than a support, but that's exactly what that relationship become. And I was thinking, how is this possible? If I am Mr. Alpha Macho Man and I got all this shit under control, Wow. Then how can this happen? <laughs> and this actually came to, yeah. This actually came to a very uh, dramatic ending with her cheating on me while traveling. Wow. And once again, I'm not saying to I'm not saying this to badmouth my ex and I would never talk negatively about something someone that I was intimate with, but you know, just speaking facts, that's what happened. And at that time, you know, she was the woman out called the one, you know, we were planning to have kids together, travel the world together. Mm-hmm. We're going to travel Australia, minivan, things like that, you know? And so when she had cheated on me, she had come back and told me that uh, she had been unfaithful. My whole world shattered. Mm. And that macho and mask that I've been wearing this whole time suddenly just... <sighs> Broke down. Pieces. Broke down completely, man. And I broke down crying like a little baby. <laughs> right. And even more than that. Yeah, which is very understandable, right? Like that's that's just that's just what it is. But in fact, for the first time in my life, I'd had panic attacks. The time that she told me that, I'd had a full on out panic attack. Like uncontrollably shaking, sobbing not being able to breathe. Yeah, proper panic attack. And I don't want to say I had it really easy in my life up until then. You know, we all have our little struggles and obstacles we go through even when we're young. But that was definitely the biggest obstacle I've ever had to deal with. Because first of all, obviously, well, uh, to me, obviously, I've ended that relationship and I had to move on. And so I left our little dream Beach apartment and I moved into this tiny little room that had no window that I could afford at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I 
I even left the job where we worked in the same office. I had to move to completely different neighborhoods so I don't have to walk the same streets and think about a relationship. And I just blocked her on all social media. And by the way, we have talked and sort of got closure and sort of smoothed everything out ever since. Mm -hmm. But at that time, this was extremely, extremely intense. And I was right. having these panic attacks, breakdowns, and crying at work. And so it was really intense. But point being, at that point, I had to make a decision. I had to decide whether I was going to keep this mask and say, oh, it's my ex's fault. She was unfaithful. Women, it's just women. Women are like that. And, you know, modern dating is like that. Or I'm just like that. I'm not worthy as a person. I have no value as a man. It's me. Whatever. Or whether I was going to take the mask off and just look at objectively what are the things that I didn't do right in this relationship? Did I not set my boundaries strong enough? Did I not express my emotions with love? Did I get triggered and not react compassionately to my partner? Did I decide to further pursue the relationship when there were so many red flags that it was obvious that it should not continue because it was not serving neither of us? Did I not step did I, did I not step into my role as a man to handle this relationship? When I say man, I don't mean the macho man. I just mean like what I like to call the open heart warrior, you know, a man who has his heart open, who speaks his heart, who follows his intuition, but at the same time does that assertively. And the answer was no. Mm. The answer was no, did not do those things. And so after that relationship ended, my next uh, three and a half, and now that was like five and something, that was like five years ago, four and a, that was a long time ago at this point, mm -hmm. I have to count. Yeah, ever since then, my journey was about deconstructing that mask and really grounding myself in who I truly am as a man and finding really what that sort of sacred masculinity, sacred manhood, how that manifests in my life through me as a channel, naturally. And that's really, I'm happy to speak more about that journey. I've been going on with this monologue for a while now. But basically, <laughs> that's the journey that has brought me to being a masculinity coach, where I am now in a place where I feel very much aligned with my purpose. I am embodying my open heart warrior. Wow. You know, I am all my intuition I'm in a thriving relationship with a woman that I love very much and whenever we have similar issues because of course we do we're human we're able to communicate that I am able to step into the role of the man and it's been like that for a while now uh, since I've done all that work but mm -hmm. that's really what to being a masculinity coach seeing that my journey is not unique or different or anything this is something so common this is something that so many men go through when they realize the connection between their relationship and the their alignment with their masculinity, their alignment with their purpose. Wow, man. That deserves a round of applause. And uh, thank you so much for being vulnerable and opening up about your, your past hurt and your previous relationships. That's very key um, because one of the things that I like to ask 
men to do when they come onto the show is be vulnerable and discuss those things that that had a huge impact on their life that changed their life or the trajectory of their life for the good um i myself well you said a lot and i have to unpack a lot of that um so i myself have been cheated on as well before i met my wife i was a part of uh, a relationship you know several years back uh, where you know that person cheated on me for someone that i thought was close to me and it's fine because you said something key you know you don't realize a lot of times one what manhood really is because i have to ask you that question which i ask everybody that comes on the show how to define manhood but we'll get to that in a second um one i don't think we as men really know how to truly define what manhood really is so a lot of times what we think is we have to just completely buy into everything about that individual and so when we do we feel like we need to embody all of who they are which you should but you also have to be able to recognize red flags which means that hey i'm buying into who you are but these are the limitations for me and i'm not going to accept this type of behavior or this thing um i'm willing to step away that's not going to work for me um and a lot of times men don't know how to do that or they're immature in their ways of being able to handle that because they don't they can't identify what does me walking away look like it could be something as simple as me saying hey you did this and i don't agree with that that's just simple communication which is something we can lack at times one of the things yeah. that uh, I have an opportunity to to do, you know, hosting a podcast is talk to a lot of different men about all of their experiences. And I ask every man and woman, because I actually have a, a young lady coming on the show later today, she's going to talk about her divorce. So it's going to be interesting. Um, so um, one of the things I want to ask you, Martin, is to if you don't mind, would you be willing to define what manhood is to you in your own words? Not necessarily the Google definition, but just your own personal experience. You can read Google if you want, but it's totally up to you. No, man, of course, I get I get asked this question very, very often. And it's one of the things that I have to ponder upon and define at a very early stage of my journey. Uh, you can call it manhood. I usually just call it masculine energy because I do believe that all men and women hold both masculine and feminine energy. Definitely. And so manhood, manhood doesn't necessarily have to be pure masculine energy. It can be your unique mix or in between those two. But wherever, however you want to define it, however you want to put it. But I always say that masculine energy is the energy that initiates, penetrates, and leads. Wow. It's that simple energy initiates penetrates and leads initiates what well that's up to you penetrates how once again that's up to you there's no it's no coincidence that in the physical world also the masculine when it manifests in the man it mm. does penetrate right right and it it leads and that's not to say that women cannot lead but in my unique worldview and the people who are in my community and follow my work and work with me as clients usually resonate with this message that leadership is a masculine trait that, of course, both men and women can embody. Whereas feminine energy is a type of energy that receives, nourishes, and supports. Wow. And once again, that is not to say that men should not receive or nourish or support. If you're seeing all six of these 
qualities or values or whatever are essential. Like if you're a, a father, you have to lead, but you also have to nourish and support. Ooh. If you're a mother, <laughs> you have to penetrate through obstacles, right? But at the same time, again, you're going to have to receive or nourish or etc. So I think we all embody all of these qualities. It's important to acknowledge that. And it's also important to acknowledge that you as a man, these three values of initiating, penetrating, and leading, you can manifest those in your life or you can embody those in your life in absolutely infinite ways. That's entirely up to you. Wow, man. That is big. That deserves another round of applause. You know, the way that I define manhood is the embodiment of the all. And it takes a mm -hmm. long time. And if you're big into reincarnation, it can take millennia of time for one spirit to understand what the embodiment of the all actually is. Uh, that means it's just like you explained it. Uh, that means that a person understands that as a man, I do hold more testosterone, but there is some estrogen there, estrogen there as well, uh, which means that I have a divine feminine and a divine masculine within me. Um, as a man, I carry more of the divine masculine. However, that does not mean that I'm absent from the divine feminine. So I have to understand that as I course through life, there will be a time where I need to nurture. There will be a time when I need to be more charismatic. There will be a time where I need to be that guy who needs to be that shoulder that someone needs to lean on. And I don't have to feel feminine or less than a man if I'm supplying that shoulder to someone. And a lot of times men don't know how to do that. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a heavy thing. We do it in our own type of way, right? Um, which is fine. The problem is just getting getting them there to be able to do that. That's the key issue. Um, I want I want I pulled up an interesting stat, and I want you to speak about this a little bit. Um, so, I wanted to know who was more not who's who's more likely to initiate uh, a breakup or a or a, or an ended marriage, and it says that the woman is sixty nine percent more likely to initiate a breakup than the man. Now, that's a lot to unpack. So I want to speak on that a little bit, if you don't mind. Now, what I see in this is, again, what we spoke about earlier. The man will cheat and the woman will typically, he'll, he'll want to stay with the same woman even though he cheated. If the woman cheats, mm -hmm. she typically, she wants out. There is no, there is no staying there is typically when a woman is makes up her mind, she's done. She's ready to leave. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to talk about it. Whereas the man, he may cheat, but then he'll still want to stay with the same woman. Why do you think that is? Mm -hmm. Why do you think the the man wants to stay and the woman is more likely to jump ship once something is like, oh, I'm mm -hmm. done. I'm out. Talk about that a little bit. Sure, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, assuming that. Assuming that the statistics that you just uh, read are, you know, because I don't really know, is that statistics from the U.S.? Is that global? Is that from what social classes is that taken from what? I feel like there's so many factors to that, but let's just assume like that's what it is in right. the general global population of humanity, right? Let's just, let's just go with that. I think that a very, very basic dynamic that comes between men and women really comes from our evolutionary psychology. 
So, of course, it's important to acknowledge that us, as humans, we are more than just animals, right? We are not purely acting upon instinct. We have a rational mind and we have much more beyond that, too. But at the same time, fear is a huge driver. Probably the biggest driver in our lives is fear. Right. And a, a lot of that fear comes from our evolutionary psychology. It's really in our genes. It's coded into our physical being. Like, for example, if you hear a loud sound, you go, oh, predator, I must run. You know, right. that's where that comes from. Way we have certain things, certain fears that are with us from an evolutionary standpoint. So men can uh, create ridiculous amounts of children, right? Our seed is not limited. We can play with hundreds of women across our lifetime. I don't recommend doing that. Uh, me neither. Uh, Please, guys, avoid that at all costs. <laughs> and have a child with each one, right? <laughs> That's, you know, that gets really complicated. Yeah. Very responsible. Don't do that. But tactically speaking, you could. Mm -hmm. And from an evolutionary standpoint, the most important thing your body cares about is just passing on its genes. Just having a, a an offspring that further evolves your species. And that's a human baby. So mm -hmm. what, how long and how much effort it takes you as a man to do that? Right. right? Hundreds and thousands of times throughout your life. And so us as men, we have much less attachment to our partners than they do, well, assuming it's a man to woman thing, right? So mm -hmm. men, straight men who want to be with a woman, have much less attachment to their partner from an evolutionary standpoint. Whereas women, the maximum amount of children women can have is much fewer, right? right. I don't know exactly what the number is but when somebody says yeah i got five kids you're like whoa okay you you put in the work on that like that's that's great yeah right <laughs> they say i got eight kids you're like Woo, eight kids wow you know it, it impresses us because we know that the, the the female body when it comes to um carrying a child and bearing a child it's that's that's yeah it takes time it takes work it takes so much goes into that and so women, evolutionary psychology says, find a safe uh, mating partner who can provide you with quality genes and a safe environment and have his babies, right? right? Period. And so women are naturally much more attached to their partners from this evolutionary psychology standpoint. And I feel that just me, me expressing this in general can get very controversial. So of I just want to emphasize that I'm not saying this is the way it should be and i'm not saying that this is i'm not generalizing that this is always the case but again i'm just saying these fears come from that source now this might sound a little bit counterintuitive to what you said where you said well it's the women breaking up most of the time and you also mentioned it's probably because the man cheats and he doesn't want to right break up the relationship just because of that what the woman does and I think these things that I just, just mentioned are exactly why. If a man cheats, he might feel like, well, yeah, I had sex with someone, but I still want to be with you. 
My evolutionary psychology says it's okay to be with multiple partners because I have no fear of, of missing out, of wasting my time, of wasting my biology. But for a woman, it's like, oh, you cheated on me. You broke our pact. You broke that image of the alpha male who can provide a safe environment. I don't want to waste my time with you anymore. Right. You are not my real mating partner. Right. <laughs> Which sounds funny. But honestly, you know, a lot of my work has a lot of spiritual principles behind it, and it goes uh, maybe a little bit woo woo for some people. But when it comes to this, I am straight to the point. You know, evolutionary psychology. That's that's honestly what I think it is. As cold as that sounds. Wow, man, that's great. That was a, actually a great breakdown. And let me let me clean this up too as well. You know, these are just things you can just Google. You type in and you'll pull it up, right? And they'll throw you some interesting statistics. And you can dig more into it. Obviously, um, he gave a great breakdown of the uh, evolution of the psychology. Um, and I want to dive into that a little bit more too as well because we get ready to hit the top of the hour, so we have to round up. So really quick to piggyback off of what Martin said, you know, if you look back all the way in the nineteen, you know, nineteen sixties, nineteen twenties, nineteen eighties, somewhere in there, right, where the women were looked at as more so as housemaids, right? They their only job was to provide babies, clean the house, make sure the the, uh, the food is made, the, the kitchen is clean, so on and so forth. That was there. That was deep, deeply embedded in their DNA. Uh, have you ever heard of epigenetics, Martin? I have heard of it, but I think um, so, I'll, I'll need to be reminded of right. what that exactly. So when you get some time, definitely look into that word. I don't want to go into the deep, deep meaning of it, but essentially what it is is basically a person – a person's DNA is a storage medium and it's collecting information based on their experiences in their life. And it's storing that information deep within their yep. DNA and passing that on to their to their inheritance, their kids, their kids, kids. So if a kid is around a certain situation or in a certain scenario uh, based on epigenetics, they can react in a certain way, which calls behavior pattern changes, uh, weight gain, uh, illnesses. Uh, all sorts of different types of things that happens based on epigenetics in a nutshell, but you can definitely research that. But essentially what you're talking about is a little bit of that because the women, what they do is they carry um, things that happen to them dating way back in history. Right. And so like when you shift it over into a more modernized view of how the woman is experiencing her current incarnation, uh, this woman uh, is basically saying, no, in the 1920s, I literally had to put up with you running around with different women and you know why i stayed home and took care of the kids and birthed you all these babies and then you why you went on to the next the next woman that used to be what i looked like you know and so now so now, so like now in this current modern age these women are more masculine in thought right they're prioritizing yeah. their success their prioritizing they're prioritizing their their accolades their careers uh things that they can bring to the table because that's the way modern age have totally shifted the consciousness of the way men and women interact and i personally feel like it's definitely thrown off um the 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 playing field a little bit um you have the the pendulum of life which swings from left to right and within it we need to find that that balance, that divine balance. And I just don't think we have it anymore. Not like we used to. Even when you just have a, a casual conversation, um, you know, there's ego trips all over the place. Right. You just can't say something without being offended. Then you have the age of social media. 
But anyways, man, we could definitely unpack that, and we're running out of time. Martin, man, I can't say how grateful I am for you um, taking the time to come on to the show. Do you want to add any final moments or give any advice to any man out there, whether they're black, white, Hispanic, Puerto Rican, Asian, you name it? Do you want to give them something to uh, uh, leave them with something that maybe they can remember about this conversation? Yeah, brother, absolutely. Uh, I would just like to wrap up on what you said because I really like what you said about how uh, we had lived through an age where women were put into a role that was perhaps not their natural sacred feminine, but more of a, a shadow, a suppressed version of their feminine, right? When they were like not allowed to vote, you have to stay at home, cook, clean, mm-hmm. give birth to children, take care of the kids. You have some life aspirations. Well, too bad you're a woman. You're not yeah. going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you're that's when we were we had fallen into the shadow of our masculinity too. We were not being uh, a wholesome king. We were being a tyrant. Yeah. You know, we were not an open warrior. We were being a bully, right? As a, as as the masculine in the society. And you are right. Now we are witnessing the swing of the pendulum. And so, to any man who's listening to this, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, because none of that really matters, right. obviously. Um, just know that we all experience similar struggles and similar obstacles on our path of being a man. And just know that you do hold the power to take charge and be the leader in love and in life. And you can be a part of making a difference of how far that pendulum swings. You absolutely can take off your mask and just be the man that you feel, that you feel in your heart you're meant to be and not the man that you are constantly being told to be. Wow, man. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that, man. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure any man out there that resonates with that message definitely let us know down below if you're re-watching this on youtube we thank you so much for tuning into the channel and listening um there will be a short message right after this for you guys um if you have any questions or you'd like to actually reach out to martin for some guidance on masculinity martin do you want to tell them where they can find you and i'll actually pull that up um as well like maybe your facebook or something like that so they can see that do you want to talk about that a little bit Absolutely. People can always find me on my Facebook. This is my personal profile that I use a lot more simply because it's so much easier for you to connect with me here. You can absolutely just uh, come on here and send me a message. I try to respond uh, in about a few days' time as soon as I can, really. And you can also find all of the necessary, the, the information on some things that we talked about here on my website, martinmezay.com, and you can get a copy of my book, Five Steps to Mindful Masculinity on Martin. Mosey.com as well. If, awesome. Uh, That's you've Martin. This conversation and you want to, Martin Mose, yes. right? Dot com. M e z e i dot com. Yes. Uh, I don't actually see your browser there, so I'm not. I'm not sure. Oh, I'm <laughs> but sorry. The same way that it's been sliding. No worries, man. And yeah, I, I also encourage um, everyone to just feel free to join my. Facebook group as well, a Facebook community, which is nearing a thousand members now. We passed eight hundred something a few days ago. And it was seven hundred just the other month, so it's growing very fast. And you can find it on Facebook.com 
com forward slash groups forward slash mindful masculinity. Or if you just want to uh, search on Facebook for mindful masculinity, you can find it in the group section also. Awesome, man. Let me make sure I pull that up too. Hang on a second because I thought I had it up. So you say it's just Facebook.com and we're just going to go to mindful masculinity, correct? All right. Exactly. And uh, I think I'm already a part of it. Is it this one? As the one, exactly. Relationships and purpose for men. That is the one. Exactly. Make sure I join. I thought I was a part of it already. But I'll make sure okay. I definitely sign up. Um, before uh before we actually get out of here i'm definitely going to sign up um also guys i want to make sure that you guys know about my website here which is the o johnson podcast you'll be able to play this episode back with martin which was awesome i feel like it was full of nuggets and information and just personal experiences that will really help elevate you or level your mentality up to the next level as far as your masculinity um not saying that you aren't already leveled up but we can always grow right we always have space to grow and that's the key thing that we have to take away from this so if you guys enjoyed this episode go to my website the o johnson podcast.simplecast.com and you can select this rate my podcast and i'm actually going to ask martin to do the same thing uh once we hang up i want him to go in give me a rating let me know what his experiences were as a host i'm sorry as a guest on the show and then also what your experiences were listening back to this episode again that's the o johnson podcast.simplecast.com click on the banner called rate my podcast and then once you select this you can actually go in it's totally anonymous i will not know who filled it out just going to ask you maybe five or six questions about your experience with the show this definitely helps us level up our show and take it to the next level as far as reaching people and just giving people different experiences uh, as it relates to this podcast so martin my brother all the way across the Barcelona, Spain. Thank you so much, man, for coming on the show. I really appreciate you. Um, once again, guys, this is the O. Johnson Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we're out of here. <laughs>